Welcome, everyone, to our ninth episode of Indotechno and our second installment of Sino Indotechno. Salamat datang semunya. I'm Alan Hallowell, founder of startup advisory firm Gizmo Advisors and venture partner at Alpha JWC Ventures. And I'm Art Dicker, a technology lawyer and host of the Gunbei podcast up here in Shanghai. For our Indonesian listeners, Pendengara Indonesia dapat membaca transkrip bahasa Indonesia kami. Now, today's topic might seem a bit circular for some of our listeners, as our podcast is devoted to podcasting in Indonesia. We feel that the Sino Indo Techno series is the perfect vehicle to discuss podcasting in Indonesia, given the very rich precedent of podcasting in China and some of the learnings we can derive from that market. Yes, the podcast market in China is very different from what we see in the West, with several major podcasting platforms which proactively work with and showcase content creators. The market is estimated to be in excess of US two to three billion dollars and growing. In order to explore the Indonesian podcasting opportunity, we are pleased to have as our guest Tio Guritno, founder of Leading Indo Podcasting Service in Spigo. Welcome, Tio. Thank you, gentlemen. Tio, we'd love to have you share with our audience your own personal story,、uh, describing the path that you've taken to found Inspigo. Sure, I was born and raised in Indonesia. I've spent about seventeen years in the tech industry. Always interested in the mix of technology and new media, audio, education, and entertainment. Started my career in the states in Silicon Valley. I work. For、uh, Electronic Arts, the game company, that's the first introduction to the new media technology industry. And then I worked for Pandora, a music streaming company, when they were quite small in 2007. So I experienced the growing up era、uh, for music streaming scene. And then I also、uh, created startups after Pandora, one in the HR industry, and the other one is in the education industry. So. In 2016, I decided to move back to Indonesia because I've never actually created a, a product in Indonesia, and I wanted to contribute for the country since I was born and raised here. And in the beginning, after I moved back, I volunteered myself to help the, the millennial young people of Indonesia to to find their purpose, to learn new soft skills. And I experienced in that moment where I was helping them that they. We're not equipped with the right skills, even though they have these huge dreams and marvelous ambitions to help the country. So I was thinking, how can I help these young people with the skills that I know or the experience that I have? So I did more research, and, and there's 64 million、uh, total population of young millennials in Indonesia. It's a big market, and everyone is is really starting to adapt with the internet technology, and Since I, I like、uh, listening to a lot of podcasts, and I, I was doing a lot of streaming at Pandora, and I did my own startup at Wonderbox, and all of a sudden, all of these different experiences and ideas conclude in one single idea that came in Spigo. So hopefully, in Spigo, I can help these people to gain knowledge easily, to get informations, and to have entertainment that has value for their life, so that they can move forward and achieve their dreams. Thanks for that intro,、uh, Tio. And if you don't mind, I'd kind of like to first set the stage for us by offering some context from the Chinese podcasting industry, especially as far as content type goes. Here in China, Shimalaya is the largest platform with over 500 million registered users, and within its paid content spectrum, 
74% of paid content is in the form of audiobooks, what in the U.S. we might see from someone like Amazon's Audible platform. This vastly outweighs other categories, with children's content at about 12.6%, educational content at about 4.2%, history at 4.1%, business at 2.3%, and language at 1.7%. So what does the content mix paid and unpaid look like in Indonesia? Good questions. One thing for sure, everyone loves free stuff, right? No matter in Indonesia or anywhere else in the world. And especially Indonesian people, they tend to be more uh, active in the free platform. Because we are in, in the early stage of the platform era, we are experiencing that a lot of people are, are consuming free content. But it's slowly moving towards the willingness to pay. It starts uh, increasing. Once all these on-demand services like Gojek, Grab, and all that stuff now are part of our lives, uh, we originally didn't want to pay for such a thing, but now we are increasing to pay because of the value that we get uh, out of the service. In the content realm, it's the same thing. We are starting to see a, a movement, even though it's still very small, a big portion is still free. But it reminds me, when I was uh, doing Pandora stuff in the early days, everything was free. On the internet, it was hard for people to pay for music, and a subscription was not a thing. But as the industry grows, as the audience are getting more value out of the service, they start paying for the value that they get. So I, I can see that even though the mix now is majority free content in Indonesia, I can see that the more mature the audience is, the more they appreciate uh, the value of the service or the value of the content or the value of the experience, they, they start to pay. And we've seen the trend uh, on Inspiro as well. As a quick follow-up on that, in China, again, focusing here on Shimalaya, which is the largest platform, they claim an incredible 155 minutes per day for listeners on its platform. And just in terms of the amount of content that people are listening to in Indonesia, how can you compare to those kind of numbers here in China and what's the market potential in Indonesia? The volume of the listening time podcast itself, we started in 2017. 2018, there's other players that come in doing podcast type of content, and it's increasing uh, quite tremendously around 2018. The end of 2018 and 2019 was a big introduction of podcasts in Indonesia in 2020. And now everybody is doing podcasts. Audio has been a very close type of medium in Indonesia because we're a big radio country. Back in the days, radio is one of the big medium for, for people to listen to information or, or get entertainment. Even though it's sh- uh, shifting now in terms of behavior, people are more consuming on-demand stuff. But the format of audio has been sticky with our culture. So I presume that th- this uh, is going to grow even bigger, although uh, the penetration now it's more on the free content stuff, but it will be in the stage where people will, are willing to pay. Well, we've done a few pay-per-content type of delivery, and people are actually paying for a small amount of money for audio content. And that's a good sign for us that because we didn't believe that people were willing to pay for even video content, and now uh, people are spending for audio content. In terms of pricing, it's like a cup of coffee, $2 to $3. And we were testing that and people are willing. It depends on the value that they get. I think the formula for everything is if you get the value out of this, if you can get yourself a higher level in terms of knowledge and you need just to pay $2 for that or $3 for that, I think the behavior will shift easily compared to if you need to pay 
bigger money for a type of content. And Tio, you mentioned this a little bit already as far as consumers, listeners trying to get value and being willing to pay for value. In China, the average listener clearly views podcasting as a means to self-improvement and upskilling. In Chinese, what we would say is ganhua, kind of dry goods, very cut and dry, knowledge-based learning. And in Indonesia, what would you say the average person is looking for? Is it more a source of entertainment or education? Indonesia has been an entertainment market. If you see other platforms like TikTok and Instagram and other platforms, uh, even YouTube, entertainment has been like a, a way for people to get into the platform. Of course, as people consume more entertainment, they now are very interested in the educational content as well. So I think it's it's a combination of both. Now that more and more professionals are, are generating content, they try to put value into their entertainment content. So it's a mix between education and entertainment. There's some educational value in the content as well. So it's hard to split both because a lot of the content nowadays are kind of a mix of, of both. Joe, furthering Art's line of inquiry, how do you see the Indonesian podcasting business model evolving? As best as we can see from the data available, most of the players like Shimalaya and Leisure in China, they generate just a few percentage points of their revenue from advertising, while much more comes from the platform's cut of users paying creators for content. What do you expect the revenue breakdown to be for the Indonesian podcasting industry in general? I think in the beginning, we'll be dominated with advertising because people tend to like free stuff. But then as it progresses along, the creator needs to get revenue out of it. So now people are realizing with not just podcast content, but with other content, that the free content, sometimes there's a kind of branded message inside that. So people are, are not clear whether this podcaster or creator is trying to sell something or is trying to give something, whether it's entertainment or educational value. So the more people are doing that and the more ads that are in the free content, I think people are going to value paid service where there's no ads. And it will take many years because in the U.S. itself, when I was doing Pandora, it took some time to get to a state where people are willing to pay, even though there in terms of the economy, it's just more mature. But the cycle is similar. And my bet is the advertising realm and the podcasting industry will get very creative because there's a lot of opportunities to create advertising that's blended with the content. And I think that part will take a big uh, chunk for the first few years. And subscription will be there for a good number of audience, but uh, it will be dominated by advertising. In maybe three to five years, uh, it will shift more dominated by subscriptions and paper content. Thanks, Tio. And let's dive in a bit to who these content creators are. In China, again, by comparison, the most popular podcasters these days are often successful entrepreneurs, university professors at famous universities, television personalities, etc. Who are the most popular personalities on Inspigo? It's quite similar. We have thought leaders, experts in their industries, entrepreneurs as well. I think one of the most interesting findings for Inspigo is that the mindfulness topic is quite uh, popular uh, among other entrepreneurial topics as well as soft skills topics. Mindfulness is quite popular uh, among our listeners and a lot of new upcoming mindfulness experts are getting more attention on our podcast. 
So especially during this pandemic time where everyone is getting a little bit more stress, they need to have some solutions to, to relieve their stress. And the content creators are not just sharing their uh, thoughts, but they also do guided meditations, guided healing. And those things are quite popular in terms of listening in our platform. Tio, on the topic of the pandemic, how have listening patterns changed and overall usage changed in the uh, COVID-19 era? The uh, two things that are new for us is that, one, the learning appetite is increasing. The appetite for learning during this time is higher because they feel like now I have extra time. I want to learn something new. So we have a lot of knowledge-based content and people are consuming a lot of that. And the second one is the one that I mentioned earlier, the stress relief content, where a lot of people are, are consuming a lot of the, the type of content. We see the Calm app as a good inspiration for us because Calm focus on meditations, wellness type of content. And in terms of habit, during normal days, people listen in the morning throughout the day. There's a little bit of spike at night before they go to bed. But now the spike, there are two, one in the morning and one at night. At night, people are actually listening more compared to prior to COVID. And a lot of the content that they listen to is the stuff that can help them relax more before they go to bed. So we learn a lot from the last five months of staying at home. The type of content that's relevant with the current condition is the one that is uh, getting consumed more and more. If we can move a little bit to the, the competitive landscape in China, we've seen major players here, and we've mentioned some of them already, like Shimalaya FM. It's got most of the traffic, which is driven a lot with professional content creators. We have Qingting, which is also pretty broad in scope, but tends to be a little more international with its content. We have Leisure, which is actually now a public company in the U.S., and it, it tends to target listeners under the age of 24. And then we have purely professional channels, subscription-based like Dao, and they're actually quite selective of their content creators that are allowed to come on the platform. So where do we fit among the likes of, let's say, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other variants? It's a mix of different platforms that you mentioned. We are doing subscriptions. We are doing paper content. We will be doing more advertising as well. So it's a mix of all these different platforms. And in terms of content, currently we are focused on knowledge-based content and some entertainment content. And in terms of competitive landscape, if you look at video, video also has uh, multiple players like uh, YouTube. There's TikTok as well as uh, Instagram TV uh, or IGTV, Netflix. So they all focus on, on different things, on UGC, on high quality content and Udemy as well. So InSpeedo itself, it's a mix of high quality content that cater to learning and educational and also entertainment topics. So we're a mix of all these different platforms. And as a quick follow-up, these platforms that I mentioned earlier in the question, Shimalaya FM, Qingting, and others, being here in China, they have quite an elaborate setup as far as content moderation goes. And some of that is automated. Some of that is, is not automated. It's, it's human-driven human content moderation, just looking for things which are deemed sensitive and run against uh, legal requirements here in China. I'm wondering if there's anything even close to that in the Indonesian market. I can speak for Inspigo. We are curating the content uh, manually. We have to make sure everything that is uh, going into the platform is stood before the audience. And we make sure we 
deliver high quality content. So it's not just about the content, but it, in terms of production, we also uh, pay attention on the, the quality itself. We train the creators to make sure we set the standards and they understand our standards. So they uh, deliver the content in our platform within that standards. So we still do it manually. Uh, of course, it's a challenge for us to uh, automate that system because there's a lot of aspects in terms of the validations. But our end goal is to provide the best quality content. So we have to try to achieve that with what, whatever we, we do to, to make it happen. Joe, we've seen some high-profile commercial transactions of recent, one of them being the roughly $100 million deal that U.S. podcaster Joe Rogan signed to broadcast exclusively with Spotify. Do you expect the frequency and size of such mega deals to multiply over time? In my opinion, the Joe Rogan deal was actually a good way to highlight or to trigger this awareness of people creating good quality podcasts. When you create podcasts, you need to be thoughtful. Everything needs to be managed well, and you have to have a good way to communicate with the speakers and all that. So I think the deal sets the standards of good quality podcast and everyone is now even in indonesia using joe rogan as the benchmark of a good podcast i think the deal inspires a lot of people to create good quality content especially podcasts so for the industry i think it's it's good to uh, increase the standards thanks Tio. and a follow-up question from what we've been talking about earlier in my own experience, having put up my own podcast ganbe and, and a predecessor on shimalaya fm I know that within the management or just within all of these platforms, there is a strong preference for paid content because that's at the end of the day how these platforms make their money and they push that content out much more aggressively. In China, like other places, you'd have user-generated content or UGC, which has often many more creators doing that. But PGC, professionally generated content, is actually less than 1% of the total content on platforms, but yet such a large part of these platforms' revenue. What is the mix and how do platforms work with creators in Indonesia? I think it's quite similar uh, in terms of percentage, maybe even lower in terms of PGC content. But most of the content is uh, UGC. PGC, uh, again, I think the Joe Rogan deal and similar type of deals locally, they see that as a, a new standard of creating PGC content and more and more are creating more professionally generated content now. But still, the, the mix is almost similar as what you uh, have there. And I think the trend is shifting towards PGC. But again, Indonesian market is a little bit uh, unpredictable in a way that we thought that the video market is maturing in terms of content. People are creating more professional content. And then TikTok came in and everyone is doing this UGC content. Even though the trend is moving towards PGC, but again, all these different things are, are coming in. And the typical of Indonesian market is quite seasonal. So uh, we need to keep monitoring the market and see uh, what's new and what's trending. But we see a lot of shifting in terms of the professional generated content getting more and more attraction. Tio, do you see much potential in incumbent offline media in Indonesia, such as TV and radio, either collaborating with podcasting platforms such as Inspigo or coming up with competing solutions? We're actually collaborating with some of them as well. 
it's mostly driven by the advertisers. Uh, advertisers are not as willing as before to put their advertising on TV and radio. They're moving to online. So these TV stations and radio stations are looking into online solutions to make sure that they can still get the advertising uh, revenue. So they, they are now collaborating with platforms like Inspigo to make sure that they still get their audience and as well as their revenue. So I think in the future, it will be like that because it's moving towards more online behavior. So they need to adjust with the current behavior. Yeah, these have been absolutely fascinating insights into a very promising area of online media. This concludes our ninth installment of Indotechno. And our second episode of Sino-Indotechno. We really enjoyed hosting you today, Tio. Thanks so much for your time and insights. Thank you. The podcast was translated from English to Bahasa Indonesia by Alpha JWC Ventures. Terima kasih untuk mendengarkan. Sampai jumpa lagi. Bye.